All right, so we're here with Evan Melquire. He's in town from Wisconsin, came in for the grand opening of Dallas uh, in the Arlington office yesterday. Uh, fired up to have you here, man. You've got a cool story. Wanted to bring you into the studio. Gage and I ask you a couple questions about your growth, your story, um, your why, what you're doing, and uh, what you're most excited about, and just get it out there for the uh, the FFL community. Yeah, thanks for having me. This place is sick. <laughs> thanks, man. So, Gage, I know you had a couple questions for Evan. For sure, you were excited to get him in here. What do you What do you most want to know about what Evan's doing? Well, I mean, he came in, not even did a whole year last year, did more production than me, so I got some things to learn, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. But, like, more or less, like, what, what I picked up when I had called you the other day, it was so funny, I was back home in Illinois, right into a client. Evan already helped him out two nights before. I was like, yo, what's going on? He's like, hey, man, I got the area locked out. It's like, wow, I grew up there. <laughs> um, but anyways, w- w- from our conversation, you said you that you run three days in a row. And I really like that idea because that that gives you that gives you a part of the week where you focus on the production, and then you, it gives you a part of the week to focus on recruiting. And obviously, right now, you're growing a pretty big team of high-level producers. And uh, I would kind of just love to have you touched on that topic more or less on how you've set your schedule to be so um, productive and you're still able to uh, grow your team at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. So I think as far as if I tried doing the schedule and running now when I started it, it wouldn't have worked. Um, You know, but the skill level as I've been here for a year coming on year and a half, um, things just become easier and that then allowed me to crank out three full days in the field, you know, 30 appointments, like three full days in the field so I can actually get, you know, my 30 appointments in. And, um, yeah, that just allowed allowed me to start spending time with more agents, which I previously, being so concerned about my production, I just, I was slacking with 100%. And uh, it, it, it takes being around people like you guys where you're, you're just growing tremendously and, uh, it makes you realize that I'm not. I wasn't working as hard as I could be. I wasn't using my time as as well as I thought I was. Got a question for you on that schedule. So you're booking ten appointments a day. Yeah, no less. Like I no less than ten. How are you creating the urgency um, with with your approach to the phones and settings so you can reach the people? You're running mostly mortgage, yeah. Yeah, and then I fill fill in with internet leads from the CRM. Gotcha. So the morning appointments, like you're running probably eight to eight, then to get the ten in. You run through your ur- like the urgent. How do you create the urgency to get those people to book early appointments and actually show up? I guess is what I'm asking you. I guess I guess my morning appointments would be more, you know, retired older yeah. folks. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I just got I've got so many you know dang leads. It's just. It works out that way. Well, that's the answer, <laughs> I guess, right there, is that you got so many dang leads to quote you yeah. that you can you can do that. I've always just had a challenge with those earlier appointments, right? I would maybe I got my own way with that a little bit, but I was always focused on a couple seniors in the morning and then three or four uh, working families in the evening. And there's nothing better if, for whatever reason, I've got a couple gaps in the morning. Which I guess, if I were to have gaps, that's when it would be. I go through my my stack of leads, and I mean anybody who's over age 60 typically that I never got a hold of. Mm-hmm. I'm just showing up at their door. Okay. That's pretty simple. And well, on average, how many leads would you say you have on a dial day? Let's let's say I've got, let's say, 40 mailers and then 50 internet leads. There you go. Yeah. What's your lead budget a week now? About, about three grand. Well, you're buying your volume. 
Right. That makes sense. So 100, that'll get you about 40 mailers, 60 instants. Yeah. So so we're, we're six months into 2021. Do you have any idea what you're sitting at issue paid for the year? Uh, about 330. About 330, um, which is incredible, um, for, first and foremost. But, like, understanding to the world that we're in that if you spend $3,000 in leads, it's kind of hard not to book 30 appointments if you just don't dial the phone. So that makes more sense because you were like, what, what is it? What is the urgency that you're creating? It's just, like, it's not really an urgency. He just plays the numbers in his favor, yep. which I love that because it's so much less stressful I would imagine it doesn't matter if they pick up the phone or not, or they say no. It's just like I'm on to the next one. Yeah, I'm trying to make my dial days as easy as possible, and um, I think I think getting a bunch of leads like that it genuinely just forces you to be at the office at seven and dialing at eight a.m. every single dial day. I love that, man. Um, so obviously, I heard a little bit about your story, but I would love for you to touch on it. When you first got started, I've heard that you booked up a bunch of appointments and you had a bunch of not good results. So, like, how did you how did you mentally stay in the right state of mind, especially with you being younger? It's very easy for you to, uh, I guess, your mindset to go in the wrong place. Like, what can you say contributed to you not giving up in that first month here with Family First Life? I think I think I just trusted like the people that I worked with first and foremost. Um, you know, I work with one of my best friends, Ty Sagal and um, Brent Abernathy. They've just always been super hands on, making making sure that it was going to work out for me. And uh, I just trusted them in the system. And I, I don't know. I I really I saw the numbers over and over again, and you know, like the Facebook pages and and the Slack and it just like there's there's no way I'm not going to do this. I see this opportunity. There's no way I'm going to let it go. And so, how many? Uh, how many? Like, what did that first month look like? Those actual numbers. I mean, I probably ran, you know, hundred hundred to one hundred twenty appointments, and maybe closed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I heard this story the other day about how his first like three weeks, like he like wrote nothing but booked up an absurd amount of appointments. I had, I think on my third week, it was my last appointment of the day. It was like eight o'clock, two hours away from home. I called Ty and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm not going to this. Like I, like we hear these start like this, ha this, hap right? this happened <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never running here again. Like I don't want to run these leads. And Ty, you know, he's just like, dude, like, shut up, just go, go to work, whatever. <laughs> and uh, it was like a 2200 AP Eagle, nicest lady ever. And that was by far my biggest sale at the time. And, and that's when it, I guess, really got real. And that two hour drive home, I mean, you probably had it been windows down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so that like that's impressive. Do you think it was just like due to Ty and and Brett like just setting the table with the right expectations to say, hey man, it's okay if you run sixty to seventy appointments and you don't make any sales? Like, because a lot of people would have quit, man. And so sure. that's what I want to kind of dig into more or less. Like, was it the proper expectations, or just because you had a warm market in the business, or what would you say really contributed to like? Just not throwing in the white the white uh, flag. Um, I was introduced to Easton Patton's story early mm. on. Love it. So I guess the expectation I understood that, and uh, and then again, yeah, I just 
like I said, I, I literally I saw what was going on and I told myself there's no way that I'm missing out on this. I love that, man. It's it's you can't teach that to most people no. though, Rob. That's that's what's tough is we we get people in those similar situations and they're so quick to to quit on themselves because that's what it really is. It's just quitting on the, yourselves here because you're betting on yourselves. Yeah. Even even though in the first couple of weeks you probably spent how much do you think how much money do you think you spent if you had to guess everything I had. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I was. Again, with leads, I just I was making sure I consistently had what I needed to get my appointments. Um, so I really didn't. And even today, you know, you ask me how much I spend on leads, I usually don't even have an answer. I have no idea. I yes. just I just know if I run thirty appointments a week, I'm gonna have fifteen grand deposited into my account a week off my sale. Like it just it works out. I don't really care what I have to do to get there. How do you coach your new agents to have that type this similar mindset that you have? I think. Yeah, you know, I, I work with a couple of girls that are killers, and Samantha, Samantha and Kiefer, and mm-hmm. they, they, set, they probably set that that expectation for agents we work with better than I do because they just, they just understood early on the the thirty to forty appointments, like if they let if they run less than forty, we're like, what the heck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and so were, were, were those warm market recruits? or was, Yes. Okay, yep. gotcha. So once again, like, I feel like having that proper expectations with them and then them watching what you've done, producing at a high level goes a long way. Absolutely. Not not producing five, six, seven K a week when you're producing 10 plus a week. It's like, okay, I just got to listen to whatever this dude's doing. So that makes a little bit more sense. But with, so like warm market obviously is a little bit easier when you know that person, but when you're, you have a totally new recruit that you have no idea about, how are you setting the proper expectations for them to produce at a high level? I think the people that I work with directly, the, the cold market quote unquote people that have the most success, like I look at them and I think of them as warm market almost because that's where we've gotten relationship wise. I know you don't want to, you know, build too much of a friendship, but I think, you know, just being on the phone with these people, whether it's business 75% of the time and, yeah. you know, personal stuff 25% of the time, I think that goes a long ways. What topics are you hitting on with them in the beginning to get them moving? What are your core, what are your, your, core, your foundation that you lay with these guys outside of activity? That's, that's the obvious answer. Yeah. Well, clearly, I mean, you guys are doing – so he brought. Were you there when we were talking about him breaking down his IP numbers? His average agent's doing sixteen thousand. Yeah, that's per absurd, agent. man. I mean, you're, that's by far way more than most agencies within Family First Life, and so it's like there's got to be some type of of intro or something to get your people out there producing at that level. Yeah, I, I think I think the slack has a big big part in that, and I think we all do. Like I was showing you our Slack group. Mm-hmm. And we just have a lot of activity in there for, I mean, for, for 20 issue paid writers, which we, I know we got to work on, you know, to have when an agent makes a sale to have, you know, 12 to 15, you know, reacts on it. Yeah. I yeah. think that's powerful. And, um, yeah, I mean, we just get them integrated in that. And, you know, we've got text blasts that go, that go out every single day, whether it's a, a spotlight on an agent, whether it's the weekly submit um, I heard one time that the the greatest tool for uh, the greatest marketing tool is text messaging because everybody's going to open text messages that they get. Yeah. 
Um, I, I mean, I open email. I don't open a lot of emails, but every single text I open it. So we we try to use that along with, you know, our, our email blast and, and everything. And um, I just think when when people see that over and over again, the numbers, the activity, it's just like it's weird to not do that. Yeah. That's a total culture. You're creating a culture of that Slack group. And I think that's, it, it goes a long, long way because then you start to create fear loss for agents who are like, I want my name to be in that channel or I want those reactions on. It's it's crazy what a little fire emoji or rocket emoji yep. can do for people though. And I mean, even myself, like I, we all love to get loved on. So when you can create that culture from the beginning of like you do something good, we're gonna love on you. We're gonna we're one team because obviously we're not all in the same area. So you have to connect the the team somehow, some way. Right. And you know, as I look at like weekly submit and issue paid, it goes hand in hand as far as and this is like weird, but you ever look at the people that like posts in the Slack? I can promise you the people that like them and then are active are the ones that are producing. Yeah, every time. And and it's not a knock on anybody that's not producing, but the team calls, like we get call logs for those, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. we you can see who's, who's on, on them. Not like not like I'm going to be mad at anybody for it. Yeah. But the people that are on those and the people that are at the office or on the Zoom dials yep. or liking posts in the Slack, they're the ones that are selling twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a month. Like it's not that deep. It's a direct correlation, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you hit on that because I had a guy call me yesterday. He's like, hey, man, I could use some advice, some help. I was like, I'm free. Call me. He calls me, and he's like, man, I've been struggling, yada, yada, yada. And this is what I, we should all start leading with. How many trading calls were you on last yep. week? And you know what he told me? Goose. Zero. <laughs> I said, that's exactly why you're struggling. The people who are on those calls are the ones who are succeeding. You have five opportunities a week within our group, five different calls to get better. And they're no longer than an hour tops. And you're not even willing to invest one hour into your 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 business, mm-hmm. then you're probably not going to be successful here. And getting more direct with people, especially right now you have a, a smaller team, but as you scale to 60, 80, 100 agents, the more direct and upfront you are with them, the less time you're going to be spending with the people that are just wasting your time. Yep. And so that's just one word of advice that I would give to you. Um is that the training call correlation is a direct reflection on the success that you're going to have here at Family First Life. And, yeah, and you know what it sounds like is that you enjoy working with the people that are on your team. I heard Andrew say something. I can't remember if that was yesterday or not, but he's on a training call or some Anyway, any something that he said. He said, I stopped working with people that I didn't want to work with, and that completely changed my business. And it's not like what you're doing is you brought people in that you already had a relationship with that you like working with. So when you're then bringing in the cold market, like you're saying, you're treating them, you're enjoying working with them. Right. When people enjoy where they're working in the culture, the, you get the results that you're getting right now, and it's cool. It's, it's awesome what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. And with you, too, I mean, you got a lot of that chemistry going, too. I think the, a culture, you, you want your people to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. And when I seen it on uh, an Instagram post sometime, it's like, you have to create a brand or something that people want to be a part of. It's not that like it's just we get these logos and things and then we just think like the logos are cool and all. But it's like really the like being a part of something special. 
is what gets people to move and to buy in and to invest in themselves. And so it sounds like you guys are doing that very, very well. And so the only thing that I would say is keep keep that going. You know, you, you built the foundation of your agency to explode. You found some leaders already. And so now it's just continuing to broadcast that culture that you guys are creating, the slag, that it's compassion, right? Like, come be compassionate about your life with us or stuff. Get a tagline. Like, I think it's it goes a long way. You know what I mean? It's a way to market and brand yourself as well and create something special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, enough said. What was your uh, what was your thought behind your logo? Is there a story behind that? No, there's <laughs> no. really not. I just liked it. Yeah, okay. I, I wanted something orange for whatever yeah. reason. It's funny because ties the Titans, yeah. and then your compassion is two very polar opposite <laughs> type, type of logos. You guys yeah. starting together. It's funny how that you know the relationship there, yin and yang for sure. Right, and and tie with with the Titans logo. He's He's probably the most compassionate person I know. So I feel like <laughs> that logo is better fit for him. But yeah, and you're the Titan in production. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So, what are your goals uh, for 2021? Where you want to finish your personal and, and team? Personal, 650. Mm-hmm. Um, as a group, you know, we will be at 500 by the end of the summer. Uh, you know, brought staff on way too late but you know january february roughly brought two full-time on and mm-hmm. you know we were stuck at between 130 and 160 for six months but that's because i was you know sean always what does he he makes a joke he says some some of us want to be in the hall of fame for bank accounts <laughs> and that's not going to get you very far and i i am you know walking proof of that yeah and uh you know, so March we did 167, and we'll you know three months now with the staff rolling, we'll we're, we'll double, double that. we'll yeah, we I mean we did double, um, so get to 500 by the end of the summer, and you know, million million by the end of the year, which you know as we keep going, it it seemed so you know at the beginning of the year it's like oh yeah we'll do a million by the end of the year like <laughs> you know everybody says that right yeah but like it's happening it's happening. It, ha- it happens with intentionality behind it. And I think you hit on a key thing about getting staff. Like, as soon as you added staff, it exploded. And so pouring that into your top people, Kiefer and Samantha, like, hey, when I got staff, we exploded. Yep. So I think if you got staff, then it explodes. And then that doesn't require you to get more staff because you're getting your people to get staff. Um, and I, the same thing for us, man. Like, as soon as we got a full-time contracting lady, blew up, dude. It's crazy how that happens. Because you want to be, you're in this business for yourself, but then once you get staff and an office, it's like, it becomes more than just you. And that's when it actually truly becomes like a business, man. So um, I appreciate you hopping on here, dude. It's, you know, it's it's cool to finally meet you. You know that's what good. I mean? It's you awesome see, you, see, here. you see his name on top of the leaderboards every single week. You feel like you know people at Family First Life because they put themselves out there. And that's one key thing that I think you're doing a really good job at is you're marketing yourself. You're, you're letting people know who you are so people want to follow you. People want to follow a leader. So thanks for coming in, man. Appreciate Absolutely. that. Thanks for having me.